The Graphic Histories Podcast. Welcome to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, and I will be your host. Thank you to Ukla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. And thank you, listener, for tuning in once again to this podcast. I am back. Uh, I was on vacation. I have returned back to the land of the living. It was a lot of fun with uh, the, as I described earlier, if anybody's internationally listening to this, in Nova Scotia, where I live in Canada, they have open Atlantic bubbles, so we're allowed to travel to the Atlantic provinces without any real hassles. So I was able to go to PEI, go to Halifax, go to uh, the Valley in Wolfville area and the Nailsford area to visit some friends and some relatives, get to check out some really cool little comic shops and stuff I don't get to see a lot, like Rainbow's End in Wolfville, which I highly suggest. Crazy place, um, just stocked to the brim, like over overstocked really. There's stuff everywhere, but it's really cool. You never know what you'll find. A lot of awesome items. I mean, of course, they hit Strange Adventures in Halifax. They hit Taz Records. Hit a few places along the way. When I was in PEI, me and my wife had our anniversary, and we visited a lot of friends. And then I went back to play golf with some friends later. So it was a really action-packed kind of week and a half. Really fun, and I got a lot out of it, so I was really happy to go do that. And I'm happy to be back here with you. I've had a lot of positive feedback on the Mike Ruth interviews, which have been great. A lot of fun. I listened to them again on the way just to make sure they turned out. I noticed there was a bit of a pause in the last episode uh, before the audio kicked in after the the normal soundbite I have that does that. Uh, I apologize. You know, I must have missed that when I was getting ready for vacation. So it will be, I will dutifully check this one and make sure it is correct. Uh, before we get into that, this week's episode will focus on Thal Sinestro, the Green Lantern of Sector 1417, then becoming a villain, uh, leader of the Sinestro Corps, mortal enemy of Hal Jordan, all that good stuff. Uh, really interesting character. Um, as I do when I kind of advertise these on social media, I show different versions of the character, although we only ever really talk about the comic book version. I usually include some kind of an animated picture, uh, maybe a live-action appearance. In that one, I have Mark Strong, who played Sinestro in the Green Lantern movie starring Ryan Reynolds. That movie was atrocious. It was just a really, really bad movie with a lot of really good actors in it, you know, um, Blake Lively and uh, Peter Skarsgård. Um, you know, uh, Taika Waititi is in that as his friend there, which is cool. Uh, so yeah, it 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 was uh, sucks that oh Mark Strong was awesome, like fantastic. He was the best part of the movie by far. I mean, Kilowog, Michael Clark Duncan's Kilowog was pretty cool too, but uh, Mark Strong is an amazing actor. Love his work. Uh, most recently, he's kind of gone back to the DC universe to play um, Savannah in the Shazam movie, which he did a great job at. And uh, anything he's in, he's just wonderful. I think the first time I really noticed him was in the movie Stardust that was adapted from the Neil Gaiman graphic novel that was made into a movie. 
and he was super good in that. And uh, I'll pretty much watch him in anything. I think he's a great actor. Actually, I think the Marvel Universe would be keen to make him their next Professor X, actually. So that would be my suggestion. He's a British actor. Um, a lot of weight behind him in his roles, and I think he would fit that role really, really well. So uh, that's the best part of the the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. I mean, Ryan Reynolds himself has uh, crapped all over it and made jokes about it, most notably in Deadpool 2, so in the end credits scene. So uh, I think Ryan Reynolds would be okay with me, you know, giving it a little bit of shade. But uh, Sinestro is a very interesting character. Uh, one of my favorite parts about him is that he kind of rides the edge of hero and villain a lot. Um, but, you know, I, I'm kind of a fan, and I mentioned this in the, the podcast with uh, with Ruth, that uh, the the jerk character, you know, the jerk hero, um, I get a kick out of them, the sort of superior jerk character. And, you know, the, the Quicksilvers of the world and others of his ilk, uh, in the comics, of course, in the movies, he was kind of portrayed a little differently, though he was kind of arrogant there as well. But Sinestro has always sort of towed that line, and I thought he was an interesting character for that reason. And as well, I mean, we're going to get into some of the various cores around, not just Green Lantern. There's the Yellow Lanterns, also known as the Sinestro Core, uh, the Blue Lanterns, the Indigo Tribe, the um, Star Sapphires, the Orange Lantern. And uh, each of the color spectrums have their own sort of lantern and each of their powers based on an emotion. So that gets kind of discussed as well. But Sinestro's is fear. So the emotion that he, people that can master and hold great fear are, uh, are welcomed into his core. And uh, every core has their own sort of mantra that they use to power their rings with their batteries. The Green Lantern one is very famous in Darkest Day and or in Blackest, uh, Brightest Day and, and Darkest Night. Ah, look, I'm messing it up already. Uh, it's because I'm not reading it. I'm trying to go off by memory, but let's try it one more time. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. So that's very iconic, very well known. But Sinestro's is a bit of a perversion on it, which I really like as well, which is, in blackest day, in brightest night, beware your fears made into light. Let those who try to stop what's right burn like my power, Sinestro's might. I got a bit of chills there on that. Maybe, maybe you didn't listen to it. I hope you did. Anyway, we'll roll right into our discussion about Thal Sinestro. Former Green Lantern, turned dictator, turned hero, turned villain again, and everything in between. Born on the planet Korrigar in Sector 1417, Thal Sinestro always had a fascination with maintaining balance and order. This conviction brought him into a career as an anthropologist studying the civilizations of ages past. As fate would have it, Sinestro's life changed when a dying Green Lantern named Prawl Gosgotha crash-landed on the site of his most recent dig. Near death and being pursued by a villainous weaponer of Quard, the fallen Lantern offered Thal his Green Lantern ring powered by willpower in order to defend the two from their impending doom. Inadvertently destroying the dig site to defeat the Quardian, Sinestro was amazed at the power this emerald weapon had given him, and he was surprised to see Gosgotha was still alive. Believing he may pull through with the help of his ring, Prol asked for his new ally to return the weapon. Realizing this would remove his newfound ability, Sinestro refused and watched the alien die, ensuring he would remain the possessor of the Green Lantern ring. Soon after, he was contacted by the guardians of Oa, 
the creators of the rings and overseers of the Green Lantern Corps, a sort of space police force, with each officer assigned to a sector in the universe. Sinestro concealed this part in allowing for his predecessor's death. Eventually, history would repeat itself when Hal Jordan, a test pilot on Earth, encountered a dying Green Lantern named Abin Sur, who gave the human his ring before he perished. Suddenly propelled into a new career as a universal enforcer of justice, Jordan was partnered with Sinestro, who was tasked with showing the human the ropes, as it were, when it came to the core. As their training began, Hal was eventually brought to Corrigar and was horrified at what he had found. Sinestro had used totalitarian tactics to rule his homeworld with an iron fist, something he believed he had to do to ensure the safety of his people. While Planetside, a group of alien warlords known as the Kuns, attacked, and Hal was forced to call for help from the Corps. When the other officers arrived and saw what Thal had done to his world and its citizens, he was stripped of his ring and imprisoned by the Guardians. A Korrigarian rebel who tried to stand against her oppressor and believed that Sinestro's rule had prevented the growth of her people claimed his ring and position in the Corps. Kat Matui would grow to become a highly skilled and respected Green Lantern. As punishment for his many crimes, her subject was exiled to the Antimatter universe, a parallel realm made up of negative matter. There he would take up residence on the world of Quard, this reality's version of the Guardian's homeworld of Oa. A hostile environment, Quard was ruled by the weaponers of Quard, a race of scientists and warriors. Mortal enemies of the Green Lanterns, Sinestro was hated by the citizens of his new world for his former profession. In a bid to humble their fallen officer, the Owens made a grave mistake. Filled with anger at what had been done to him, Thal hated the Guardians just as much as his new neighbors, and united with them to seek revenge against the Corps and its leaders. Toward this end, they created a Yellow Lantern Ring, and returned Sinestro to his home dimension. Once there, he would quickly become the Corps' most powerful enemy, as the constructs his ring created were yellow, and an inherent weakness in the Green Lantern Rings was an inability to directly affect anything of that color. Despite this handicap, some of the more skilled lanterns were able to defeat him, primarily his former pupil turned mortal enemy, Hal Jordan. The Guardians would later depart to mate with their female counterparts, the Zamorans. Knowing they would be gone for an extended period of time, the Guardians would construct an inescapable prison for their inmates. Manipulating a fellow prisoner, a god from Sector 3600 turned mad, Sinestro managed to gain unimaginable power and use it to escape, destroying entire star systems in his wake. The Green Lanterns of Earth would unite and defeat him once again. Now with the crime of genocide added to his long list of evils perpetrated against the universe, Sinestro was placed on trial before his former corps. Found guilty with a sentence of death, he was executed by his former comrades. But ever the devious trickster, he managed to preserve his essence in the Green Lantern power battery, escaping fate once again. Once inside, he would make an earth-shattering discovery. The reason the Green Lantern power rings couldn't affect the color yellow was because trapped inside the battery was also a being known as Parallax, a bright yellow creature that embodied fear itself. Hal Jordan would step into the battery to remove Sinestro's essence and restore the powers of some of his comrades whose weapons were corrupted by Sinestro's presence in the battery. Once inside, Hal would be infected by Parallax, suddenly experiencing true fear for the first time in his life, and ultimately become corrupted under the Fear Beast's control. Turning his former protege into a potential enemy of the universe was a great victory for Sinestro. When the Guardians returned, they would attempt to reform the Corps, but wouldn't be able to sustain their forces when an alien warlord, Mogul, and a cyborg named Hank Henshaw, who was posing as Superman at the time, would interfere. In their bid to alter the Earth into a new base for Mogul's forces, the evil duo would use nuclear devices to level Coast City, the home of Hal Jordan. 
Driven mad by the loss of his home and everyone he knew and cared for, the presence of Parallax within his mind finally gained complete control of the Emerald Guardian. Now fully in control, Parallax would use Jordan's body to launch a war against the Guardians and kill many Green Lanterns, and attempting to absorb the full power of the Green Lantern central power battery. With little to no options, the Guardians would free Sinestro from the battery to stop Jordan. How would easily snap his neck, however, and it was later revealed that Sinestro remained in the battery and the Guardians simply created a hard light hologram for Sinestro to puppet from inside his prison. Jordan would destroy the battery and absorb its power, freeing Sinestro to seek safety and lick his proverbial wounds. Watching Hal become everything he had hated about Sinestro gave Thal a perverse pleasure, one that was ended when Jordan would ultimately sacrifice himself to undo some of the damage he had caused. With one guardian remaining alive named Ganthet, he would pass on the last power ring to another earthling named Kyle Rayner, an event that would be of great interest to her subject. Sinestro would return when Kyle Rayner would discover the existence of Parallax and its true effects in the deceased Hal Jordan. Revealing it to the Justice League, Sinestro would attempt to kill Green Arrow and Kyle Rayner in order to prevent the resurrection of Hal Jordan. Failing to do so, Jordan would return to life with a new Green Lantern ring and battle his former instructor to a standstill, with Thal escaping into the antimatter universe to regroup as his ring was damaged in the fray. Sinestro would later return to the positive matter universe to aid a secret society of villains in massacring a superhero team known as the Freedom Fighters, killing Black Condor and leaving their leader Uncle Sam for dead. Returning to the antimatter universe, he would unite with the Anti-Monitor, and watch how Jordan reformed the Green Lantern Corps. Deciding to start his own corps based on fear, he would create the Sinestro Corps, recruiting those in the universe capable of instilling terror in others. He would also orchestrate the death of Kyle Rayner's mother, attempting to break down his mind and make him a suitable host for Parallax. Now with an army behind him, Sinestro would attack Oa directly, starting a war between the two corps. During this act of aggression, the true method of Sinestro's madness would become clear. He would take over the Earth, turning the newly rebuilt Coast City into a mecca of fear for his soldiers and bustling empire. Needing to alter their tactics, the Guardians would make changes to their laws, allowing the Green Lanterns to use lethal force. With this new ability at their disposal, the Lanterns managed to stop the invasion and imprison Sinestro once again. He would claim to have the ultimate victory, however, as with their power now unchecked, the Green Lantern Corps would spread their own fear across the galaxy. Sentenced once again to death, Thal would be brought to Korgor to die on his homeworld for his crimes. While in transport, several of his Sinestro Corps members would attempt to free him, but a third corps known as the Red Lanterns would appear, attacking both sides and capturing our subject. Powered by rage and with a vendetta against the Guardians, their leader, Atrocitus, wanted to punish Sinestro further and crucified him, promising to destroy his world and murder the daughter that Thal had fathered in secret and kept hidden. Sinestro would break free and return to his homeworld to prevent this from occurring. There he would unite with his daughter, a Green Lantern named Soranik Natu, who was taken from him by his wife when he became unstable after becoming a Green Lantern and started to rule over their planet. He would reveal that he watched her in secret for years and was proud of her for doing what he could not, maintain order on their world without fear using her position in the Green Lantern Corps. A prophecy known as the Blackest Night was revealed, and Sinestro, recognizing the signs, compelled his daughter to work with him to prevent the destruction of the universe. He would leave to retrieve his core members who were imprisoned by the Star Sapphires, a group whose power was based on love. A member of their group, Carol Ferris, a human and former lover of Hal Jordan, would stand in his way. Eventually freeing his fellow Sinestro Corps members, the battle would be halted by the arrival of the Black Lanterns, 
a new core made up of fallen warriors reanimated by their own Black Lantern rings. This being part of the prophecy Sinestro feared, he would unite with the other groups powered by the colored spectrum and battle the Black Lanterns head-on. During this war, Sinestro would be faced with the corrupted reanimated versions of his former friend, Abin Sur, and Sur's sister and Sinestro's wife, Aaron. Pushed to the emotional limit and with the aid of Hal Jordan and Carol Ferris, the group would destroy the rings of their fallen allies, returning them permanently to the grave. Eventually, the Blackest Night would end on Earth when the creator of the Black Lanterns, Necron, would make his final play. He would summon a being known as the Entity, the living embodiment of life who is part of our world. Apparently, all life in the universe had begun on Earth, a secret the Guardians kept in an attempt to preserve it. Angered that the Guardians kept this secret resulting in the death of his friend, Sinestro would kill the Guardian named Ganthet and take possession of the power as it needed to mine to guide it. Bathed in the essence of light, Thal Sinestro would become the first White Lantern. Using this unimaginable power to battle Necron, Thal would be seemingly killed only to be resurrected by the Entity, as it was in harmony with all living things. With such a powerful will and egocentric personality, Sinestro would prove an unsuitable host and become separated from the Entity by Necron. Hal would eventually realize that the resurrected heroes and villains by the Black Lantern rings would need to want to live in order to be reanimated, and he would use the Entity to turn many of them and himself into White Lanterns, severing their link to Necron's control. Eventually, this united front would defeat Necron and his army, with the Entity seemingly disappearing, forming into a White Power Battery and creating a White Lantern ring. After these events, Sinestro would tangle with the creator of his original Yellow Ring, joining with Kal Rayner to rescue his daughter from the Quardian weaponsmith. Later on, an ancient guardian named Krona would return, seeking to capture the emotional entities that power the batteries of each of the cores. Sinestro would be trapped in the Book of the Dark by his former Yellow Lantern compatriot, Lysadrak, who had aligned with Krona at this time. Eventually, Sinestro would be freed and called for his yellow ring, but it would be prevented by Krona, who now had the power of all of the various Kor's rings at his disposal. Left without a weapon, a Green Lantern ring would appear and go to Sinestro, making him a Green Lantern once more. After Krona's defeat, Sinestro would attempt to shed the ring, not wanting to remain a Green Lantern. However, the Guardians would prove to apprehend him and be unable to remove the ring. They discovered that the ring wished to redeem the former dictator of Korrigur, and remained on his fingers to do just that, allowing Sinestro to rejoin the Corps under the guidance of Hal Jordan. The two would travel to Sinestro's homeworld and free it from Sinestro Corps members that remained there. Rendering his former teammates comatose, Sinestro would announce that he was disbanding the Corps, an event that would anger many of his former soldiers. It is eventually revealed that the Guardians had programmed the Ring to choose Sinestro and remain on his hand in order to undermine the other Corps and disband Sinestro's own. Their deception was revealed when they commanded the Black Hand, an enemy of Hal Jordan's, to drain the life from Hal and Sinestro. Before being sucked into the Dead Zone, they would join their rings into one and send it for help. Wandering this new area, also known as the Dead Zone, the two would meet Toma Ray, a Green Lantern who had died years earlier. He would tell them that they would need to stop Volthum, the first Green Lantern created by the Guardians, and imprisoned when the power drove him mad, and who was now free. Shortly after, new Green Lantern Simon Baz would battle the Black Hand and enter the Dead Zone, providing an escape for Sinestro, leaving Hal behind. Hearing that Volthum had reached Korrigor, Sinestro would rush there to battle the First Lantern. Using his power, Volthum would destroy Sinestro's home planet, leaving him alone in the rubble. Overcome with grief and rage, Sinestro would attempt to resurrect his planet with the White Lantern Power Ring, now in Kyle Rayner's possession. 
Unable to use its power, and outside the range of its abilities, Sinestro would reclaim his yellow power battery and leave to exact revenge. In a final battle against the First Lantern, Hal Jordan would return and Sinestro would join him, fusing with Parallax to gain heightened power and ultimately defeat Volthoom. Believing the Guardians had gone too far, Sinestro would kill all of them after restarting the Sinestro Corps, leaving two of his former employers alive, exiling them from Oa. A revived Ganthet and his lover, Said, being the only Guardians who hadn't joined their kin in betraying the universe, were spared from Sinestro's wrath. Later, when alternate versions of the Justice League, known as the Crime Syndicate, invaded Earth, Sinestro would join a makeshift team of villains tasked with defeating them by Lex Luthor. Victorious in their mission, he would be a key player in defeating their leader, Ultraman, by moving the moon to remove the source of the madman's power. Taking up residence on a monastery planet, Thaw would meditate on his past life and remain passive, wishing to live a life of solidarity free from conflict. He would be approached by Lysa Drac, who would ask him to return as head of the Sinestro Corps. Refusing, she would inform him that many of his people had survived the destruction of Korrigar, and that his former lieutenant, Arkillo, was making a mockery of his corps after being left in charge. Rescuing the survivors of his race and challenging his former second-in-command, Sinestro would defeat Arkillo and once again assume control of the Yellow Lanterns. He would then create a new homeworld for his people. His daughter would join him after he rescued her from Arkillo's clutches, in caring for her people and acting as their guardian with her Green Lantern ring. Shortly after, he would encounter Hal Jordan, who would berate him for fusing with Parallax and losing control, letting the creature kill the Guardians. Thaw would then reveal that in fusing with Parallax, he was in complete control, as he had now mastered fear. Skirting the line between hero and villain, madman and savior, Thal Sinestro has a complicated history with the Green Lanterns and the universe in general. With the DC Universe recently undergoing a change in continuity, it would appear that the former Green Lantern of Sector 1417 has once again returned to the side of evil. Whether this is the side he will remain on, well, only time will tell. There you have it, the history of Thal Sinestro. Very interesting character, as I mentioned before. I really enjoy the sort of arrogant characters. If they do them well, they're really fun, and I thought Sinestro was always a cool villain. I loved how he was depicted in the comics. I thought Jeff John's run on the comic Green Lanterns, which was a good portion of this, was very cool, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, next week, I'm going to do an episode on... Uh, I've had a, bit, a lot of 90s nostalgia lately for a lot of reasons. I mean, I was born in 85. My birthday is coming up. So um, I thought... You know, I'm going to delve into some of those fun 90s characters that I liked reading a lot. And uh, to go back and read some of those comics aren't the easiest, but they certainly uh, are fun in a weird way. So I'm actually going to do the character of Darkhawk, who was in Marvel, an attempt at, uh, you know, starting a new revolution of new, more modern heroes in the 90s. Uh, Darkhawk was one of them. The newer version of Ghost Rider, Danny, the Dan Ketch version, was in that in that mix there's a character called sleepwalker there was a bunch of updates of older characters to try to kind of revolutionize them and bring them into that sweet sweet 90s flavor but uh yes i think i'm going to do dark hawk next week who is an interesting character uh got kind of rebooted not rebooted but reused more in the future in kind of a cosmic way I and mean, being part of the war of kings and some of those other epic i believe annihilation as well those epic marvel space stories so Next week, we'll be doing Darkhawk, and there's some stuff to talk about 
as well about things going on in the comics world when it comes to comics, uh, movies, and TV shows. I'm excited to discuss that as well. But before I go, I'd like to make a few suggestions. One thing I don't do very often, but if you're into my kind of flavor of nerd nerdism, the things that I enjoy, I highly suggest the Umbrella Academy and Netflix. I'm thoroughly, I love the first season. I loved it so much. And I very much uh, love the second season just as much. It's very good. Very, very good. So go watch that. Also, I just received in the mail today, and I'm very excited about it, the director's cut of Ari Aster's Midsommar, the same director that did the movie Hereditary. I'm a huge fan of Hereditary. I'm a huge fan of Midsommar. I'm very excited now that I have the director's cut to watch the full version of the film. The film already clocked in at two and a half hours, so I think this one puts it close to three with the director's cut adding in about 22, 25 minutes of extra footage. So I'm very excited. Very dark, broody um, films with some real core emotions. Thing like It's a film that makes you uneasy, and I know that's not something that a lot of people gravitate towards when it comes to movies. But this one particularly does a really good job of getting at some of those emotions. And I think the reason people feel uneasy about it is because a lot of the, the core emotions that are powering the characters and kind of at the root of some of the horror of it all uh, are very real emotions that are in all of us and that we've all experienced and might be experiencing right now. So I think the movie kind of makes you uneasy in a way because it, it sort of stabs at a, the deep underbelly of our psyche in a, in a strange and interesting way. Uh, I don't want to tell too much about it, but it's a fantastic movie that I highly suggest if you're into horror movies. If you're not, stay away. Stay far away. But if you like atmospheric, super well-directed movies with very interesting um, commentary underneath, I think this movie is the movie for you. So that's it for this week. I will be back next week talking about Dark Hawk, and I hope to see you then. <laughs>